This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I had to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horseman to the inside. He's got Max Dambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horseman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Going with Chris Trevor, the Hills Racing 47 Knot. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a really a fall-like Monday. Don't worry, the heat's going to get turned up once again this weekend. We'll have plenty of racing to talk about into Independence Day weekend. All that and more coming up, but first, let's take a look at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. A long night in Nashville, Tennessee at Nashville Super Speedway resulted in NASCAR's most popular driver going back to victory lane again on the concrete surface. This time it was Nashville Super Speedway. Chase Elliott recovered from falling toward the back of the pack throughout the midway point of the race, survived a mid-race rain slash lightning delay, and beat out the Wiley veteran Kurt Busch to go to victory lane at Nashville Super Speedway. Nice job, Chase Elliott. Uh, Speaking of NASCAR's most popular driver, how about the former man who held that title, Dale Earnhardt Jr. has officially filed an entry into the Cars Tour late model stock event at North Wilkesboro Speedway. Nobody's surprised to hear that. Uh, Earnhardt was there last week testing at North Wilkesboro, and uh, now he'll be a part of the racetrack revival event August 30th and 31st. Tempers flared. In South Boston, Tony Stewart went to victory lane with his own series. The defending SRX Series champion went to victory lane, but not without a little bit of controversy. He was seen grabbing his uh, one of his drivers by the fire suit, and he had some words for him as well after the heat race. Uh, Stewart said that they will be having an all-drivers powwow before they go to work this weekend for the SRX race. But uh, Tony Stewart goes to victory lane for the Superstar Racing Experience. Those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening to you, sir. Good evening. Nice to see you again. Yeah, How are you, you too, man. Uh, it, it, what a weekend it was uh, in racing in our area. And I'm excited to talk a little sprint car racing coming up. But I know you've been having, you've had your finger on the pulse of a lot of stuff happening around the country. Yeah, I just the only thing that disappoints me is they're, you know, an, an hour behind us, ahead of us, however you want to say it. And it's late nights to try to catch these features no for, the, doubt. for the health tour, you know. But, uh, Zach, last week the Dirt Car Summer Nationals continued to be in full swing with week number two. On Tuesday, Brian Shirley picked up the win at Springfield Raceway. Bobby Pierce grabbed the win on Wednesday at the Adams County Speedway. On Thursday, they, they moved all the action on over to Spoon River Speedway with Tanner English picking up the win, and it looked like it was going to be a one and out for everybody that week. Um, and then they moved on over to Federated Auto Parts I-55 Speedway for the St. Louis Firecracker Faceoff. That pitted the Summer Nationals late models against the World of Outlaws case late models. And uh, 
Dennis Herb showed them the way it was, swept, sweeping the weekend. Dennis Herb Jr. expanding his points lead. Uh, and, Zach, as for the Summit Racing Equipment Modifieds, it was Nick Hoffman picking up wins at Adam County and Spoon River. Um, guess what? That was when it ended. Oh. Uh, Rick Rick Knoyer picked up night one at Peevely, and Lucas Lee grabbed the night two win on Saturday. So, Zach, a, a couple of different drivers at Peevely found the kryptonite to uh, Nick Hoffman, but I'm assuming that is just temporary. Yeah, and you know what? How quickly and how close it was to not even being, uh, you know, a problem at all. Nick Hoffman was really close to grabbing that feature win, and then the mechanical woes jump up and bite him, and uh, he doesn't get a chance to go to victory lane. And you know, once that happens, once, man, sometimes they just seem to domino, especially on the Hell Tour. So uh, maybe this was the dethroning that modified drivers across the country were looking for for Nick Hoffman. We'll have to wait and see. I don't know. What do you think? Well, Knoyer was a track champ there at Peavley, so he had had a lap or two around there, right? And Lucas Lee, uh, you know, we saw him run last year on on the – in the, in the summer nationals for the, for the summit racing equipment modifieds. And, and he was very good all summer, all, all tour. So that doesn't surprise me that either one of those drivers found themselves in victory lane. All right, let's talk about Great Lakes Super Sprint Series action. Danny Sams led the field to green Friday night from Hartford Speedway. He pulled in alongside Max Stambaugh as they went green flag racing for 25 laps. Mind you, the sun was still in the sky when the green flag waved for 25 laps around Hartford. Nice job by the Dibbles to keep the program moving. And it looked as though Danny Sams the third was going to be the class of the field. Survived a couple of restarts and was apparently well on his way to another victory until one of the cautions near the midway point of the race, a right rear tire goes down on the 24D machine. He pulls it into the pits, catches a break. He gets the extra lap because it was just before the halfway point of the race. They give him a lap to change it. He goes to the tail end of the lead lap cars. Hand things over to Portland, Michigan's Dustin Daggett. He and Ryan Rule, who, by the way, was in a new car to him this weekend, they are at the front of the field. They are running away from Max Stambaugh and Greg Dahlman. Now, Dahlman had been using the bottom of the racetrack and was battling for the lead at one point from Danny Sams, but never could close the gap and, in fact, had slid back a couple of spots throughout the course of this race. But the racetrack got wider, and as Greg always tells me, the bottom of the racetrack is the short way around, and he made it work once again at Hartford Speedway. Reeled in Dustin Daggett, passed him on the bottom of the racetrack, got to lap traffic, moved up, took Daggett's line away, and held on for his second feature win of the 2022 season. The Bulldog back to victory lane. Ahead of Daggett, Rule, Stambaugh, and Danny Sams recovered to finish inside the top five. By the way, hard charger, who's your racing tire hard charger of the night? Lyndon Jones. They couldn't get that car to run in qualifying, couldn't get the car to run in heat race action. He had to start trunk, and he drove his way up to ninth. So nice job by Lyndon Jones to get the Hoosier Racing Tire Hard Charger Award. Then on Saturday, the Great Lakes Super Sprints, presented by Engine Pro and ARP, heads down to Fremont, Ohio. A full field of race cars, 22 strong, hit the uh, the little tiny racetrack that is Fremont Speedway. How about Cole Macedo, the Lamore, California driver, and Northport, Florida's Danny Sams. Is this a Great Lakes Super Sprint Series event or an ASCS Sprint Car Series event? I don't know. Macedo comes from the fourth spot. Sam starts on the pin, cannot hold on. Macedo gets the win. Sam second. Brad Lamberson third. Stambaugh fourth. Dustin Daggett rounds out the top five. And that 
is an exciting race, uh, exciting weekend of Great Lakes Super Sprint Series action. I don't want to give away the rest of the show, but Rich, they got another doubleheader coming up this weekend that we'll talk a little bit more about. Yeah, Cole spends a lot of time there, Fremont and Attica running down there, so that really doesn't surprise me. But uh, you know, Danny Sam's the third has been on a roll this season. Yes, he has. Really, I mean, I mean, he. I don't. I think this is the best season he's probably had in ever, if not, you know, quite a long time. Uh, I'm surprised. I was surprised he didn't pull off at least one night of the double this weekend. You want to talk about Danny Sam's real quick? Uh, in events that are registered on my race pass, sixteen races, eleven top tens, eight top fives, and four trips to victory lane for Sam's so far in the 2022 season two of those of course came at wayne county speedway 1410 1360 one of those a great lake super sprint series event at crystal motor speedway and uh, so uh the other one a uh, fast on dirt dirt 410 sprint car series win at i-96 so uh this kid by the way has never raced 410 sprint cars until this year he's got two wins under his belt Th- those kind of numbers keep you eating good don't it <laughs> if you're if you're uh, if you're the home pro hammer time crew right now, you are pretty happy with your decision to jump on board with Danny Sams this year. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. But um, Zach, a little bit of news to, that we have here uh, yesterday uh, from Champion Racing Association, uh, Sammy Smith, uh, who dominates in the Arkham Menards East Series and picked up his first Arkham Menards Series win a couple of weeks ago, has filed his entry into the Red Bud 400. Uh, Smith finished runner-up one year ago in the event to Kyle Crump. So, Zach, if Crump plans to repeat, like he has said as we've talked to him all this year, once again, he's going to have to beat one of the best in the business. Can I talk about something else that's newsworthy for Champion Racing Association? Uh, Officials announced on uh, Friday that they are teaming up with North North Wilkesboro Speedway and promoter Barry Braun – to be a key leader in the return of racing to the historic Speedway in August. The ARCA CRA Super Series will co-sanction super late model racing at the 5 8 mile track alongside the Southern Super Series on Friday, August 12th. Saturday is the uh, main event for that weekend as well. Plus, the JEG CRA All-Stars Tour will co-sanction the pro late model portion with the revival of the Cars pro late model tour. Pro late model prelims Friday, August 19th and main event on Saturday, August 20th. So exciting news for Champion Racing Association and North Wilkesboro Speedway. Love to see that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm going to go ahead and take this one for you, Zach. Seeing, um, I, I didn't know you had that one. I was, uh, I just, was... well, you brought up CRA, and I thought, oh, man, we got this bonus story here we should tell everybody about. Well, we'll jump back to the pavement. I'll take that one. Why, Why not? not? It, that doesn't hurt me. Uh, the real the ha- Reveal the Hammer Outlaw Super Late Models were back in action this weekend. This time, it was at Lorraine Raceway Park on Saturday for the Hammerdown 100 and a first-time trip to the Buckeye State. Uh, Steve Needles would take the All-Star Performance Fast Qualifier honors in the afternoon. An invert of 10 was drawn, and the uh, and the show was Needles and Mark Shook working their way to the front. Shook would make his way to the point first, uh, and with Needles uh, still on the charge trying to get through, uh, grabbing and then Needles would grab the ha- le- the lead just past the halfway point, but Shook wasn't done yet. The two would batter over the battle over the final laps with Needles holding off Shook by a near feet. I heard it was like five or six feet. That's still pretty <laughs> close uh, to take the victory. The victory was Needles' second tour win in a row. Next for the real reveal the hammer late model tour, uh, August twelfth at Birch Run Speedway. 
for the Dixie Classic. Yeah, let's uh, talk about that, Rich, because you're going to have uh, some Dixie Speedway action coming up this weekend. Uh, and uh, I- I'm telling you what, how about Birch Run Speedway? Those guys are really investing in pavement late model racing, uh, whether it be template or outlaw. So I just love to see that. I want to get your thoughts on that just quickly. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it depends. Everybody you talk to notices it, right? Um, you know, we we talked to the MC, you know, M- Michigan Classic Racer Dwarf Cars. You know, we Matt Kemp even noticed it. Uh, we talked to we talked to the Jake Series Tour guys uh, with Champion Racing Association. They noticed it. Um, you know, we we've we've talked uh, to the Modified guys. They're noticing it. They are just doing everything they can for the racers because what they're doing really doesn't. Put an, it's an investment into the property, but it really doesn't make you money, right? It, it's not a money-making thing, but it, it sure makes guys want to come and race with you when you give them a, a great play, a great facility uh, to be at, to park on, to race at. Um, you know, so Jeff and, and and Jason up there, man, they're doing a great job. Uh, I give them props. I, you know, they're they're just going all out, and uh, I think they're doing an unbelievable job up there at Birch Run. They're, I think it's pretty fair to say they're the talk of the summer, wouldn't you say? Oh, I think so for sure as well. Hey, let's talk about some other places that are going on this summer. You had this great idea a couple of weeks ago to say, hey, let's just talk about some basic results from some other racetracks around the state. And, uh, Rich, uh, I-96 Speedway was in action on Friday. Yeah, I-96 Speedway. Uh, Bill Bray, and you usually don't hear Bill Bray uh, ending up in victory lane at I-96 Anyway, but Bill Bray took home the UMP late model win on Friday night at 996. And then uh, after after Jacob Poole having a run of wins, uh, A.J. Ward grabbed the IMCA modified win at I-96 on Friday. All right, let's talk about Saturday action, Crystal Motor Speedway. Logan Nickerson goes back to victory lane, picks up his third win of the season in uh, late model action, so congratulations to him. And then I asked the question for my friends at Butler Motor Speedway. Was it old-timers night and I missed the memo? The gray-haired dudes getting it done Saturday night. Corey Bevard goes to victory lane in the Dirt Car UMP Modifieds. And then for the first time, Rich, in over two decades, in the, for the first time since I was just, uh, let's do the math here quickly, five years old, Jason Blonde picks up a dirt 410 sprint car win for the first time since I was uh, barely in elementary school. <laughs> you see the picture of those two guys? I'm telling you. They, they, they were standing there together. I thought they, they they looked like just some guys dressing up trying to look like race car drivers. <laughs> was didn't it they? Halloween at the racetrack? What was <laughs> yeah, going that's on? that's what I thought it was. <laughs> uh, but it was so cool uh, to see those pictures. And I got to tell you, uh, I was at an event Saturday and when I saw that come up on my Facebook feed, I thought, oh, cool, man. Corey got a win. Good for him. And then I thought, Jason Blonde went back to victory lane at Butler Motor Speedway. How cool is that? So love to see it for the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Famer, Jason Blonde, and uh, probably for for uh, a, a great nominee, Corey Bevard, as well. And, Zach, on the pavement side at Berlin Raceway, Tom Thomas picked up the super late model win. They had a double feature night up at Berlin. Uh, Tom Thomas picked up feature number one. And Evan Schottko, with all the bad luck he had this year, uh, finally found victory lane in feature number two. Then at the Flat Rock Speedway, Greg Stute claimed his fourth Corrigan Race Fuels 100 in street stock competition. And then Matt Kemp grabbed the fourth annual Steve Martin Memorial for the MCR Dwarf Cars. And Zach, believe it or not, it always happens like this. On the phone lines right now, we have the gentleman who won the Steve Martin Memorial 
Saturday at Flat Rock. Makes his home in New Troy, Michigan. Uh, Matt Kemp, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, thanks for having me. Man, um, great job. You seen that when Gary went down to interview you, he said, I have never seen anybody that excited. Um, obviously, it's not just from winning because you're used to doing that this year. But was it really important to win that Steve Martin Memorial? Yeah, it definitely was for a lot of reasons. But, I mean, more than anything, I was more so just in disbelief after the the way the night was going. I, I couldn't believe that after uh, after everything the night and, and the previous few weeks have, had thrown at us, that that's where we ended up. But um, definitely super special to, to win that race with, uh, with the Steve Martin Memorial. Steve was – the series wouldn't be here without Steve, you know, so – um, it's super special to win there in front of that, uh, the, the crowd at Flat Rock and, um, just, yeah, super cool. Uh, especially considering, you know, all that Steve's done and, um, it, it meant a lot because I, I just started getting into, uh, right as Steve, um, was, was going through some complications. And so I got, to, but, uh, fortunately he, uh, he, I got to talk to him a little bit and, and he was a really cool guy, and the little bit I got to talk to him is, is, was really special. So, um, Yeah, and that was again, what I was going to ask, is if you could tell us, uh, you know, for those who maybe don't know or don't follow the series or anything, a little bit about who he was. Yeah, for sure. So it, it's, it's super cool. He, um, he, he was – he's one of the uh, most important people when it comes to MCR just because of how uh, – <laughs> how much he had to do with the series, you know, he, he basically found it from the ground up and made it what it is today, you know? So with all that he's done, uh, he, he was really, really instrumental in, in making everything happen and, um, making the series what it is today and, uh, making it what it is. So it's really special. Talk to me about, I know that that feature race was exciting. You did, you didn't bag a heat race win, but, um, man, at, you you had to come from the back. They did a full field invert, which I always like when it, when, when you don't have twenty cars, right? When you're you're running twenty five laps, eleven cars, let's invert them all. And you worked your way up there, and man, it was awfully exciting those last ten laps. Yeah, it definitely was. That was the, the inverts are always really really tricky, especially when they do the full invert. So. Um, fortunately that night, I, I think I started 10th, which is, which is about where I've been starting all year, uh, between eighth, 10th position. And, um, at the start of the races are really, really tricky. You can see us, we got all sprawled out, you know, three and four wide right off the bat. And, um, he obviously had to miss a, a quick rack there off the start, but, um, yeah, the inverts are always really exciting and it was really tough to get up through the field. I was actually, I was actually about the, I didn't, I don't think I got into the top four and I mean it had to have been halfway through the race so um with the way the car was handled at the beginning it was really good but um towards the end started to fall off and fortunately it seemed like everyone else did as well you know you mentioned the car falling off and I was on your uh Facebook page and you posted some in-car video of the race from Flat Rock and uh, man that thing looked like it was a handful Oh, it definitely was. <laughs> the, the main per, uh, point of of that um, was the fact that I think my tires were were just about shot. That right rear tire we had on it, it was it was an old tire that I ended up having to buy from from one of my competitors because the tire I had on it wasn't going to make it through the rest of the night. So 
And, and quite frankly, once we got done with the feature, that one didn't have any tread on it left either. So <laughs> it's pretty well used up. That's something I'm really good at is using up the tires. So wish I was a little better at that. But, you know, it, fortunately it played out and we were able to make it through on it. Tell me about these race cars a little bit. Uh, they have a, you know, these are the dwarf cars, right? These are not Legends cars. Uh, there's a distinct difference when you look at these race cars, uh, at least the way they look. Under the bodies, are they similar? What are we What are we racing here? Tell me about these race cars a little bit. Yeah, so the thing about Legend cars, they're all spec and everything's the same on all of them. Dwarf cars are, I feel like, the complete opposite. They're, they're very, very unique. Every car has its own unique... Uh, <laughs> its own unique aspects, I guess. So we all run the same, same type of motor. Um, we run thousand CC gypsum motors. They're, um, somewhere about, I want to say about a hundred, 160, 180 horsepower. Uh, we run slick tires and, um, about 12, 12, somewhere around 12,000 pounds, um, or 1200 pounds, uh, after the races. So it's, um, they're, they're really light, really fast. And it's, it's a handful. Now it looks like I, I just wanted to follow up. Sorry, Rich, on one thing. It looks like with just piggybacking off of them being a handful, uh, small cars, but they still wreck big. Man, you you went for a ride uh, a couple of weeks ago down at South Bend, and uh, by the way, I got to say I love all the in car video that you've got on your social media. Uh, that that looked uh, well. I, I mean, go find the video on Matt Kemp Racing, and you can see how you felt about it, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. It was. Um, and I appreciate that, by the way. That's that's all thanks to my uh, my racetrack brother Doug. He he bought that GoPro, and I've been I've been running it all year. So um, I wouldn't have those without him. But um, but yeah, I've been putting them up there because it's been pretty entertaining. Uh, and I've been told that uh, people like them, so I've been putting them up there. So uh, yeah, no, that wasn't a fun ride. That was definitely part of the reason it it was so unbelievable that uh, we were able to pull off the win at Flat Rock because uh, we had a a cool or a uh, yeah a coolant line bus and usually that's just from a coolant hose maybe coming coming loose or something you didn't catch a nut and bolt check but, but it was just a a freak deal it uh, blew a hole in one of the coolant lines and it was about the hardest hose to get to on the motor it was all the way in the back and we never would have caught it so it was just one of those deals is like don't know what you can do about it but uh um yeah, it wasn't a fun ride, and uh, unfortunately for some other guys involved in the wreck, I don't think I got the worst of it. But uh, you know, it was, everybody was pretty tore up. It was it was pretty rough weekend um, in general for us there, but uh, fortunately, was able to get it back together and somehow ended up where we did. Let's go back to Saturday and a little more positive things that happened for you. You said you weren't real happy with that race car all night. You finally got to the high side, and once you got that car wound up. Um, you were the fastest one on the racetrack. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. That was very surprising to me because whenever I'd go off into the corner, it felt like I was on ice. I was, I know that's just flat rock in general, but when I went off into the corner, every time I'd, I'd go off in there, the car was wanting to set and it's better than not having a, a car that'll turn, but it was, it was really, really loose. And, um, I really didn't think I had anything for Troy until I found something up there on the high line with a few laps to go. And, I, I couldn't believe it really. I was right then I was just in disbelief. I'm like, man, this thing's hooked up right here. If I can just keep hitting this line. And I just kept inching and inching and inching every lap and got him just in time. Talk to me about this season, seven events in four wins. You probably could have had a couple more. Um, is this like a dream season for you? The way this is turning out? Oh yeah. Uh, 
to say the least. Yes, absolutely. It's uh, just hearing you say that's pretty unbelievable, actually. But um, I thought last season was a dream season. Eleven races, we got four wins, and before last season, in my entire lifetime, I think I had a total of five feature wins. So I almost doubled my lifetime feature wins last year, and then to uh, repeat that in quicker this year has just been absolutely insane. Uh, quite frankly, we didn't really know if we were going to be able to race this year just because of funding and, and the cost of things. And I'm, I was talking to my dad. I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll go to Springport. We'll see how it goes, and we'll see if we can run a whole season. We ended up uh, getting fast time, winning the fast heat, and winning the feature. So I was like, well, I guess that answers that question. <laughs> so um, pretty fortunate to uh, to be doing what I'm doing. And, uh, yeah, I, I really, it is, it is a dream season so far. And talk about these tracks that you've won on. I mean, Springport, Kalamazoo, Birch Run, and Flat Rock. Um, I don't think you, anybody can compare either of those four tracks that they're not like each other at all. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. They're, they're very, very different. That's for sure. Um, and, and we actually started running the, the four tenths mile at Bertrand this year. And that's the first time these dwarf cars have ever seen that racetrack. So that's, that's been a super, super neat learning curve. It feels like we are flying in those cars there and, um, it's, it's, it's been a blast. That's, that's the thing I love about the series, too, is that we travel so much. Give me a little bit of uh, information about Matt Kemp racing. Uh, I mean, is, is Dwarf Cars where you've been your entire career? How'd you land there? What are your aspirations? Just give me a little uh, Reader's Digest version of, of what it's been like for you so far and kind of look ahead a little bit. So I started racing back in 2012 when I was 13 years old. I started racing in mini cups and, and raced those for a few years. Uh, really, was the, the story was I, you know, I finished second, third, and fourth a lot, and I I could never win anything. I was just like, man, I I just want to break through once. It'd be so cool. And then finally, towards the end of my days running mini cups, I won the uh, Midwest Indoor Racing Series at uh, at the uh, the Kellogg Arena and that was that was just that was the greatest thing ever but uh after that moved up into I, I took a year off after i sold my car and um it wasn't really sure if i was going to get an opportunity anywhere in racing and eric hoffman and kyle trinkline gave me an opportunity to kyle trinkline gave me an opportunity to test the car basically and then eric gave me an opportunity to race one about a year after almost a year to the day of my last race in the mini cups and i ended up with the top three and um bought a car shortly after that and the rest is history. Now, so is this uh, is this a division you plan on staying in for a while, or uh, no pun intended? But did, did the big cars in your future? I mean, what uh, what are you looking at here? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I um, this is about as far as I can afford to go. <laughs> so, unless I uh, unless I can find some sponsors and um, some good partners to uh, to take me further, this is this is pretty much I think where I'll end up being because. Uh, it really is a great place to be, and I'm, I'm just—I'm honestly really grateful just to be here. So now, are you, that's what I was going to ask. Are you content with that? I mean, you, obviously, you're having fun. You're getting feature win stickers left and right, and uh, you know, you're kind of, as Rich said, you're breaking through. Uh, are are you content with that? You know, for sure. I I really would really would love to see some opportunities and, and get an opportunity to drive something bigger. But I just I know the business of racing and how it works nowadays, and it just really for me is not super realistic. I I've looked into some stuff and I just, I, I can't, it's hard to fathom. I, I feel like this is already expensive. You know, I look at stuff and it's like, man, it's just crazy, but that's just for me anyway. So a lot of people can do it and they can make it work and um, you know, power to them, but I'm just, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy 
spending the amount I'm, I'm spending and going as fast as I'm going. I got to ask you with the graphics job on that machine, um, are you kind of partial to somebody who we know that uh, kind of has a graphics job just like that, a little higher level? <laughs> so it's funny you ask that. I've actually, uh, I was just thinking about it earlier today, and um, I I have jumped on the Kyle Larson bandwagon a little bit the last couple of years. But um, you know, I'll tell you what, I, I've always I've always been the number five car. And my first ever race car in the mini cups, what I was telling you about, was coincidentally a red, white, and blue number five, and completely i mean it, it looks basically like this exact paint scheme just inverted so when i saw that hendrick was bringing back the five and i've always been a hendrick fan so when i saw they were bringing back the five and had a red white and blue paint scheme on i'm like yep that's what i'm doing so uh yeah that's 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 the big reason i when i when i watch the races on on sundays i tend to root for the car more than the driver but i do uh i do think uh old kyle larson is a badass talk to me about this uh Midwest Classic Racers pit area. You know, we, we've talked to guys, you know, Zach deals a lot with the Great Lakes Super Sprints, right? And and it's like a family back there. Uh, you guys seem pretty tight-knit too. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of a lot of really great people within the MCR club. And um, and, and that's, like I said, that's, that's why I'm so as content as I am running here because there's so many great people here, you know, and it's, it, it's affordable. It's fun. I mean, it's, 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 really the most affordable form of racing there is, especially to be, I mean, a lot of nights we are one of, if not the fastest club or fastest class of cars at the track, which you'd never guess, but um, these things really, really, really haul, but yeah, just a lot of great people and um, you really can't ask for a much better group. There's another thing I wanted to talk to you about that is not exactly uh, well, it's not a direct tie to what you do on the racetrack, but it is a result of it. Um, what is it with you and trophies and Taco Bell? Tell me about that connection. <laughs> That's funny, yeah, because uh, I uh, when I won my first ever feature in many cups, I uh, I went to Taco Bell afterwards because Taco Bell was always my favorite restaurant, and um, <laughs> my my dad and I went to Taco Bell, and he's like, "All right, I'll get you a picture with you and your trophy in front of Taco Bell." So he took a picture, and uh, everybody seem to like when we do that and so every time i've i've won a race since then i've i've gone to taco bell and got a picture now are you you know, uh, you know what zach taco bell isn't bad right i like taco bell. hey i like but, going but we gotta upgrade to young man standards at least red lobster or something oh right? hey or you know what no Applebee, see, applebee's see, maybe. no 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 see i like this because <clears throat> matt kemp you have such a fantastic following on your racing page uh how long before you turn in the blue and white for uh you know some purple and blue and uh, maybe put a bell on the side of that five car. Are you, uh, are you reaching out to the marketing department at T-Bell yet? <laughs> you know, if I knew somebody, uh, to get in contact with, I would be, I'd be all about it. But, uh, <laughs> until I can find somebody, we'll, we'll, we'll be content with the red, white, and blue. I tell you, uh, Matt, this is really cool to talk to somebody uh, who's running these dwarf cars and what a race you put on at Flat Rock. As Rich said, you're winning these races at these uh, racetracks that we all know and love and we are used to watching big shows on, and uh, now we're seeing this. So, uh, man, congratulations. Let me know who it is. Uh, also, by the way, I wanted to, before I wrap up, I wanted to mention that uh, you're no slouch in the offseason either. So you race during the summer in, in the real world, but in the virtual world, you're picking up steam there too. I want to give you a second to talk about that. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, I'm not, I'm not super great at the iRacing stuff, but 
but I have done a little bit of it. I, I was in some of the college races they they had because I, I just graduated college this, this year. So, um, uh, by I the way, uh, go, go Saints. My wife is an alumni of uh, Siena Heights, so go Saints. Right on. I love it. Love it. So was able to compete in a few online events for them and um, ended up with a top five in one of them. And if I'd have qualified better and not choked that away, we probably would have been better off. But uh, no, those were fun. And But I, I, I've got a feeling that's probably the peak of my sim racing career. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but fun nonetheless. All right. Tell me who it is that makes the real world possible for you. Uh, yeah, for sure. My, my dad has a huge part in it. I couldn't do what I do without him. Um, he's, you know, he's, I think he's only missed one race and that was that indoor race that I won, but, uh, that's the only race he's ever missed of mine. Otherwise he's been the biggest supporter of me and I can't thank him enough for making all this happen. You know, we, we work together on a lot of stuff and uh, we're 50, 50 on the car and everything. And, um, but I, again, 50, 50, I couldn't do without him. So can't thank him enough for supporting me. Uh, everybody, HM Outlaw Chassis, uh, Hartford Speedway came, up, came on and supported me last year. I can't thank them enough for that. They're they're all awesome, and if you get a chance to get out there, that's a great place, great place to be. Um, LK Concrete, everyone at MCR and the MCR Club for making it an awesome club to to race with, and um, it's just a ton of fun. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Matt, we'll put a smile on your face. You get one more shot at Flat Rock this year. Um, you got to be feel feeling pretty good to go back there. Maybe you got a chance to pull the season sweep, huh? Yeah, absolutely. That's the goal. Uh, we were able to pull it off last year and uh, able to pull it off this year so far. So hopefully we can go back there and have a good run. All right, man. Well, hey, congratulations uh, on such a great season already. And I guess one more time, we've mentioned it a lot. Matt Kemp Racing on Facebook. Any other places that people should follow along to uh, see what you got going on? For sure. I, I do put some, some in-car videos on Facebook, but I'll, I end up usually editing some videos and, and putting them on YouTube as well. So you can check all the, all the full races out there that I, uh, I'll put up, you know, nothing, nothing too fancy, just, just a GoPro in-car, but, uh, it's usually pretty entertaining with the inverts to watch. All right, Matt. Well, Hey, congratulations on a, on a great season so far. Good luck the rest of the way. And we'll look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you guys very much. Appreciate having me. Second interview tonight, Rich. Uh, as we like to do on the show, we flip the coin from the asphalt side over to the dirt side, and uh, we trade in the dwarf cars for big old late models. It's our pleasure to welcome in the driver out of Midland, Michigan, Ryan Lanfeard. Welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Good to be here, guys. Ryan, what a season you've had here in 2022, and uh, I was kind of talking to you before we got started here. Uh, you, you get the win uh, last week at Merritt Speedway. I definitely want to talk about that. But, man, looking down your stat list this year, what a consistent season you have had. And, and I really think, this is just for me on the outside looking in, Ryan, and, and I want you to talk about this. It feels like you have really turned the program around, turned the corner a little bit with that 11X machine. Uh, you guys are consistently inside the top ten this season. Yeah, uh, we just started to, just in the last few weeks there, uh, really start hitting on some stuff uh last weekend really there the i think it was friday night just found something and then it carried over saturday at merit and i just did a little more tweaking on it and it's man it's been really good since and even before that i mean it was running top 10 but more towards i don't know six through eight kind of that area and that's 
fine and dandy, but funner to run up front. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just went back to kind of stuff I was running last year when I was doing better up to Merritt, and I kind of went away from that, and I don't know why, but so I just kind of went back to that, and we've just really been pretty consistent. Now you followed, uh, you you backed up the feature win last week by going out in your qualifying group and setting fast time at Merritt before the rains came and kind of put a halt to the program. Um, so that's going to set you up for double features coming up this weekend. Talk to me about how you feel about that, uh, how you felt about your qualifying run, and, and if you think you can carry that momentum for seven more days into double features. Yeah, so it's funny because every time, I swear, every time I go to a track, I get in a group, and I look at it, and I'm like, why do I have everybody in there? That is good. <laughs> and, and by the way, and, every race car driver has done that, whether it's qualifying or a heat race. Rich, you know it too. You look at that and you go, why are all the fast guys in my group? Why can't I get a break for once? <laughs> I'm looking at this group, and I'm like, I feel your pain, Ryan. Man, I'm like, I wouldn't even want that. I might have to load up looking at this group. Yeah, I mean, I had easily three, four guys that are, I mean, top of the top of the top there. They're all pretty good. And so, and by the way, can I can, there, I can I say this for you, uh, Riley Noel, who is really finding his own in late model racing. He's he's getting there. Uh, Chad Finley, Cody Bauer, Travis Stemler, Brandon Thurlby, right there. I mean, there's there's feature winners in all of those names, including yourself now. So, uh, yeah, when you talk about a powerhouse group, man, you found it. Yeah, I actually I told uh, Riley's dad there the other day, Josh. Told him, I said he's gonna have to start driving again because I'm about getting tired of getting my butt kicked by his kid. <laughs> so anyhow, you have this powerhouse qualifying group, and then what do you do? You go out there and you set fast time by almost a tenth of a second, and uh, that was for your group. By the way, you were only three one hundredths, give or take, off of the overall fast time. Uh, I'm sorry, you were about uh, a tenth of a second, give or take, off the overall fast time set by Eric Spangler in Group 1. So, I mean, you were moving out there in Group 2. Yeah, always chasing Spangler. Um, he's got he's got stuff figured out. He seems to get a lot of fast times, so just trying to creep, creep up to him. Um, I think going out early helped, but it was still nice to be able to set fast time. I mean, it's, it's always good to start the night out good. So I've done enough digging myself in the hole early and trying to dig yourself out of that. That's not any fun. So, so I guess the, definitely qualifying fast and staying up front there. That's, that's a good thing. I guess the whole question, Ryan, is uh, this is something that race car drivers don't have to deal with a whole lot. This is a unique situation where now you've qualified and you're going to have to run the rest of that program seven days after you set fast time in your group. That racetrack's going to change. That race car is going to be different. Um, what do you do to unload as good as you did there seven days prior? Uh, just kind of, I mean, just do what you do every night, just what we've been doing. Uh, start straying away from stuff. You start getting out there a ways and when you start messing up and all that. So just doing what we've been doing and hoping it all falls our way, I guess. Ryan, I know we've seen you, you know, we've seen you most with the with the challenge series that Mike's been doing the last couple of years. But, um, you know, this year's a little bit different. You're if it's not a challenge series race, you're not racing against all of those guys, just a handful of them. Right. On on a nightly basis. Um, Is that better for you or does it give you confidence 
which it absolutely should when you're going against just half of them, like Travis, Eric, Chad, you know, those guys, um, you still got to feel good about it, right? Yeah. I mean, I've, well, until this past challenge weekend, there's uh, Hartford and Thunderbird. That was the first actual races of the challenge series that I've ever missed. And it's just, I mean, I, w- I really wanted to run that because that whole series running with those guys that makes you all better and that. And I mean, I like running with that group of guys. You don't very rarely get tore up. So, I mean, anytime you can split them up and only have to run half of them, that works out better for you. But I don't know. I don't, I like racing with them all. So it seems like, it seems like some of the guys um, that you usually race with, everybody's making decisions. Obviously, we know what's going on with supply chain issues and fuel and diesel and all that stuff, right? So it seems like where normally would you would see the same guys at, at, at a Tri-City or a Merritt on the weekends. Um, some of them are kind of staying closer to home. And it, it, are you, do you kind of, is that what you're kind of doing as well to kind of control your costs? Yeah, I mean, it makes, it makes sense for me. I mean, I don't have the big high dollar backing behind me majority of it's a lot of it's out of my pocket and all that so i mean to travel those further distances and all that that was gonna cost quite a bit of money so i mean i can go 20 minutes down the road to tri-city and an hour up the road to merit and make decent money so and mike pays pretty good so it's hard to it's hard to shy away from those also Let's talk about uh, the season a little bit. Uh, I want to dive into some of these results that you've had here. Uh, the the first kind of breakthrough night for you, I'm going to go back to earlier this month. Uh, I, I, again, I say kind of because you're looking at a seventh. So you start the season, according to my race pass, 13th, 7th, 10th, 6th. Uh, tough night at Merritt to end the month of May. Uh, then 8th, 5th. But I want to talk about uh, the first weekend of June here. You start on the pin next to Dona, and you two are basically the class of the field for that entire 30-lap uh, tw- race. A uh, couple of movers and shakers throughout the field, the, a little bit of passing going on. Uh, we end up finishing second behind Dona. That's got to be – is that the moment where you said, all right, we can park this 11X machine. We just need a little something more. Yeah, I wish I could do that night over because I went hard on a tire, and I really wish I would have went soft now and – <laughs> but it is what it is but yeah it's uh i mean anytime you can finish behind donor or close to donor is a good thing I mean, he's normally pretty good so <laughs> yeah yeah usually just a little bit <laughs> especially especially at the black mirror racetracks right i mean uh Merritt and tri-city kind of as rich was alluding to uh those are racetracks that we're used to seeing guys like dona and hilliker and stemler kind of have the uh, monopoly on those racetracks. So uh, nice to see uh, you kind of find nice your own here at those tracks. Yeah, it's nice to run up front with them. All right, let's talk about the the win uh, from last week now it's been. Uh, this, this punches your ticket into Merritt Speedway Victory Lane. You start sixth on a racetrack that – uh, has struggled to be racy in the past. So take me through your race from the outside of row three. It's, uh, yeah, so Merritt's weird. It's, it's, I don't know. I don't get it. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not, but I don't know. I seem to always be able to find 
when they say there's no outside lane, I always seem to find a lane up there, but there's times when it's locked around the bottom, but it is what it is. But, uh, yeah. Um, so started six in that race. Um, and I think as soon as we took the green and went into one, I knew right then and there, I was like, man, this thing is good. And then I think we went a whole lap, come back around, and I think I was already third. And I think it was lap five we took the lead. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I took the lead way too soon. <laughs> how does how does, uh, break that down for me a little bit as a race car driver? I mean, uh, for the fans listening, what do you mean you took the lead too soon? Uh, you know, and even as an analyst, I think – well, now you've got the opportunity to control this race for the next 25 laps. You get to set your own pace. You get to run your own line. Uh, why would you have the thought that you took the lead too soon? Uh, just for the fact, I mean, when you're the leader, you don't know what's going on behind you. You can't see nobody. Um, you don't really know where anybody's running or whatnot. You only got what you got in front of you. Um, but it was more so just, uh, I mean, my car was good enough to I knew at that point, like, it was good enough that they were going to have to be pretty good to pass me. So I could pretty much go anywhere I wanted to. Um, I actually got yelled at for splitting lap cars three wide. By race control or by your team? My wife. (laughs) I don't know, Ryan. You know what? I... You know, I raced for a long time, Ryan, and and I think it's not a bad thing to see no spoilers through your front windshield. All right, I do. I never think that's a bad thing. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It's a good feeling. Talk to me about that feeling when you come around and uh, you've clicked thirty laps off the board. You've done what you needed to do. Checkers fall, and uh, you're going to victory lane at Merritt Speedway. Talk talk to me about how that felt. Well, first thing you got to do after you take the checkered flag is not fly off at turns one and two. (laughs) (laughs) Got to remember to lift, right? You still got to make the corner. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was a little excited and I forgot to lift in the corner and went over top of that. But uh, no, I, uh, that actually was my first win at Merritt. Um, I've won down at Tri-City and I've won a few times over at Crystal, but I've never won at Merritt. I've always wanted to win there. So felt pretty good to get that out of the way and, they say it's easier after the first one. Well, and, and, and then that takes us right back to setting fast time in your group the following week, man. Uh, uh, this 11X, I think people are going to have to keep an eye on. Are, are you feeling that confidence now? Or are you feeling that determination? Like, yeah, you know, gosh darn it, keep an eye on this race car because we're good this year. Yeah, because, I mean, I went to, uh, I'm not normally that great at Tri-City, but We've been running it better there the last couple of weeks too. And then uh, this past Friday, I think I started fourth in the feature right behind Travis and I had Eric behind me and we took off there and Travis got a little bit of a jump and got strung out there and just kept clicking off laps and like, man, I think we're catching him. And then I started, I got right to his bumper there and he, we started getting lap cars at that point. And he dove to the bottom, and I was like, man, he left the top wide open for me. And I got closer and closer, and the last, when I got next to him there, I threw it in there, just got excited. Sent her in there a little too hard, and he got away the way, and then that car just kind of went away latter stages of the race Friday, and 
made a couple mistakes, and you can't make those with those guys. They're pretty good about pouncing on those. So, I mean, we still finished fourth, which is where we started. So that was good. And then, yeah, the whole merit startup qualifying that that was pretty good too. Ryan, we've talked to obviously Dona, Travis, Chad, and you know, and all the other guys. Um, what is your pre? Do you have a preference? Do you do you like it the track to slick off, or do you like being able to search it and find a little moisture when you need it? Um, man, everybody that was there probably two weeks ago at Tri-City will know what I'm talking about. That stuff was like ice. And that to me, I, that wasn't that fun. I mean, I feel like I could have got out and ran faster, but I mean, it's still, it, it, it puts it in the driver's hands at that point. I mean, I'd rather have a little bit of moisture and I don't want wide open hammer down for that's no fun, but where there's strips of moisture and all that, where you can actually use a little bit of motor and whatnot, but I'd say I'm kind of in the middle. I don't really want ice, but I don't really want hammer down. Take a little bit of brains and a little bit of anatomy, put them together, and that's the racetrack that he would like to run on. Is that <laughs> yep. the PG way of saying that? Yep. Let's talk about something else going on with you and your career right now, and that is uh, this little 116X machine that's running around and going to victory lane. Man, how much fun has this been for you? Uh, it's been, uh, well, up until this weekend, I've about pulled all the hair out that I have. <laughs> um, just to try to get them to understand what's right and what's wrong, what not to do, what to do. Trying to get that into a six-year-old's head is not very easy. Now, just so, to connect some but, dots here, this is a, a mini-wedge car that uh, looks strikingly like the 11X machine. Now, I can only uh, draw a comparison that this has to be your son. Is that right? Yep, that's my boy Lucas. Uh, he's six years old. It's his first year racing. Um, we got him the mini-wedge. He actually, uh, my wife came up with the idea, so luckily that's really? how I got out of it. Well, as far as how they were going to get the mini wedge, the whole fundraiser thing and all that. Gotcha. Did it and whatnot. Um, so they ended up taking back pop cans for this whole thing. And he pretty much, he paid for it all himself. And by taking all them pop cans from everybody, everybody at the track brought them. Uh, we went around, well, not we, the wife went around, um, with him, collected them all from people that donated them and whatnot. And, yeah, he pretty much paid for it all himself just by taking back pop cans and whatnot that people had. So, what's the Ryan, what's the learning curve you're having most difficulty with with the mini wedge? I don't know anything about go-karts. <laughs> <laughs> They're stiff. They don't have four bars. They don't have shocks. I don't know what more you can do other than... Stay, stay in the gas and hold on to it, right? Pretty much. I mean, they they run on no, slicks. Just, they run on slicks for crying out loud. How much more different can it get from a late model, right? I know. I told them I wish we could get actual cart tires that have tread. The, has it been, you, you mentioned, and even in a post that you put on your Facebook page, you talked about uh, some of the struggles you've had. And, and you know, I, I was a child racer, too, under my dad. And we, we had some of these same uh, emotional moments that you kind of talked about and then it all does just boil over when, when you finally go to victory lane. Uh, what what 
what have been the feelings and emotions and struggles that it's been to to have your kid behind the wheel? Um, well, it's a lot more work for me. Um, no, he's been pretty good. I mean, the first time out or whatnot, we had some learning things to do or whatnot. But I mean, he's got four wheelers and stuff at home, so I know he know how to drive and all that. And just watching him learn, I mean, he's gotten better every time he's been out there. And we've, for the most part, I mean, we still do a little, but they bump and bang, and but we're trying to not get him to where he uses other people as the corner. He forgets to lift on the gas and do all that. But just, I mean, when he won Friday night at Tri-City there, um, the smile on his face and all that, it just, he knew that he just wanted to win. I mean, he wanted, he kept telling me, Dad, I want to, I want to win. And anytime any of, he knows who's fast and whatnot out there. So anytime those guys start ahead of him, he's, why do they get to start out there? I want to start there. Well, <laughs> I want to start there too. Not everybody gets. That's to. right. That's right. What? And I wanted well, to ask you about that a little bit about because that's always been one thing, Rich. I think we've talked about it too, where we look at this mini wedge class and and we're like, oh my gosh, you know, I know this is a learning class, but trying to teach these kids the racing etiquette so that as they work through and get to the next level, uh, you know, we don't see a a generation of race car drivers that just rip body panels off and, and, you know, tear up equipment. Has that been the most challenging thing is to try to teach that etiquette out there? Yeah. um, I never thought we were going to have to worry about it, but apparently so. Um, but I mean, he's learned every time he's been out there. He, he, I think, understands now that it's not okay to go out there and smash people's stuff, um, let alone his own, because then Dad's got to fix it. <laughs> and, Dad, and Dad's got his own race car to tear up, darn it. That's right. Dad's got his own to fix. But Ryan, let me ask you. I mean, really, in the end, right? Um, you you can't any be, any, ask for any better family time than that. I mean, you just can't replace times like this nights you're racing. He's racing, you know, it, it's gotta be just, you gotta be a proud dad. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's been fun. Um, just to get to see the excitement on his face. Um, he pretty much has fun every time he's out there. We had one time that wasn't so great, but you're going to have those, but for the most part, it's all been good. Um, I've enjoyed it. Like I said, watching him grow. Fun. Well, Ryan, I uh, again want to congratulate you on uh, a stellar season so far. We're about halfway through it, so man, uh, keep up the good work. I want to give you an opportunity, like we try to do in most of our shows, to uh, thank those people who make it possible for you to go to Victory Lane. This is your chance to give them a little airtime. Yeah, I got to thank uh, Midland Steel. They've done a lot for me and for our whole group there, along with like the Hillikers and all that. Uh, Hilliker Glass, um, Cheryl's Alterations, Dynamic CNC, uh, Mid-Michigan Hydraulic Repair, um, Schaefer's Oil, they've helped me out, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Well, Ryan, congratulations, man. Nicely done, uh, and uh, I tell you what, go get them. Finish out the, the uh, double-header night coming up this weekend at Merritt Speedway. Double features. You got fast time in your groups, so and now you just got to go out there and finish the night albeit seven days later so good luck with that yeah hopefully that all carries on and we 
can keep it going. Uh, like I said, it's a lot funner running up front than it is mid-pack. So <laughs> yeah, hopefully Vic- we can keep it going. And Victory lane pictures are all, are uh, substantially more fun than than uh, battling for eighth place pictures are. So Ryan, nice job again. Yeah. Ryan Lanfeard Racing on Facebook to keep up with what Ryan's got going on. And uh, man, good luck. Hopefully we'll see you at a racetrack soon. Yeah, see you guys around. All right, Rich, let's talk about this upcoming weekend. Independence Day weekend is right there. You put it with Memorial Day. You put it with Labor Day. Um, and, and this is a big racing weekend in our area. A lot going on. Uh, let's start with the Great Lakes Super Sprints, with whom, of course, I will be busy with this weekend, I-96 Speedway. This also just became a bigger show in the last few hours. The Great Lakes Super Sprints are also running – with the Great Lakes Traditional Sprints, Friday at I-96 Speedway. Uh, so come on out and be a part of that show. Gates open at 5 o'clock, the first green flag waves at 8 p.m. And then on Saturday, we head to the 3-8 High Bank Oval of Butler Motor Speedway just off of my back porch. Gates open at 4, racing at 7.30 sharp. And, uh, Rich, i got to tell you, I'm excited to head back to the old stomping grounds and see what Tim Wilbur's got cooking. Uh, there's a lot of buzz around that racetrack this year, so I'm excited to go back. I bet. You should have some fun. Um, I I have to announce something from Friday because this just came up. Not that it was going to happen, but just a little bit of changes to it. Corrigan Oil Speedway announced um, the Wild Child 100 for the Outlaw Super Late Models. A little bit different uh, this Friday night. Instead of those 970s they've been running, Zach, they get to put the big 10-inch babies on and go after Corrigan Oil Speedway. Also qualifying, they were doing the heat race thing, the dirt, you know, the the dirt setup. This week qualifying, fast qualifier gets a $500 bonus, 100 laps, $4,000 to win for the Outlaw Super Late Models in the Wild Child 100 on Friday night at Corrigan Oil. You'll love to see it. And uh, I want to talk quickly the significance of getting off the F70 and going to the slicks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, a whole bunch more tire. They're going to be way faster. I mean, th- those F70s are eight, nine inch tires, right? I mean, and, and those slicks are a lot more, they're a lot stickier. They're a lot better. They are going to make it 100 laps. Um, I don't know. I don't know that the F70s would be very good on an outlaw late model much past 50 60 laps i i think well and, I, I, and the hall of famer jack gritter told me one time uh race cars deserve race tires so um i mean there's a lot of people that probably agree with that and are excited to see the slicks go on well we see them all the time right i mean it, we see them all the time at flat rock and we see them all the time at toledo for the glass city 200 they're on the they're on the slicks and we know how fast they are on those so that should be an unbelievable show on Friday night at Corrigan Oil. All right, let's continue the Friday night talk. Speaking of Toledo Speedway, they're back in action. School bus figure eights, late model sportsman, factory stocks, and uh, figure eights will also be there. Gates at five, racing at seven. And if you're looking to stay in Ohio, Attica Raceway Park is having their fan appreciation night for just 10 bucks. You can watch 410 and 305 sprint cars and dirt car UMP late models. Gates at five, racing at 745. And then, Rich, you're going to be busy on Saturday. Yeah, at least I'm only going to be busy at one place, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Birch Run Speedway, leg number two of the Jag Sierra All-Stars Tour, Triple Crown. Uh, Kyle Crump going for two in a row. He's already told us he's starting trunk, Zach. Yeah, so, uh, there's a lot of money on the line for him to do that. Yeah, tomorrow, yeah for Saturday, if he, if, he, if he can start last and and get up to front and win, 
that's a seven thousand dollar bonus i believe it is so and then he's got to do it one more time for the twenty five thousand dollar bonus but let's take one at a time rumor has it rumor has it and i've not 100 percent confirmed this but there might be a driver there that's going to interrupt his plans that might be out of a truck this week ah. and back home for a little bit and may even be a Kyle because, Trump his legs, teammate. because his legs feeling a little better. Yeah. That guy, okay. that guy I heard there's a, there's a chance that he's there. So do you, do you know what the number on the side of that car might be? Is it uh, going to be a 14 or a 71 or I have not heard that yet. Okay. All I right. have not heard that yet, but either way, Kyle Crump isn't going to want to see either one of those cars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> Just saying. All right. What else is going on on Saturday? All right, Zach. Uh, Plymouth Motor Speedway down in Indiana. The Grand Slam round two for the Outlaw Super Late Models. If, if you're an Outlaw Super Late Model fan, you want to uh, catch them Friday, Saturday night. Um, two big races. 35 Outlaws showed up down at Plymouth for round number one. Late model sportsman front wheel drive MCR dwarf cars are also in action at Plymouth on Saturday. Uh, Zach can Tyler Rourke make it two in a row and stay in the money for the big payday. We'll have to see. I'm going to say, p- huh? I'm going to say yes. Just, uh, you asked the question. I'm going to say yes. Oh, that's a rough gamble a little bit. Why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to lose a whole lot of money on that. Bet, I, right? I'm probably not going to make a whole lot either. So that's fine. True. Gates open at 2 PM at Plymouth. Racing starts at 6 p.m. And uh, also on Saturday, Berlin Raceway, a battle at Berlin qualifier for the Super Late Models. Plus, they'll have fireworks. The winner of the Super Late Model feature event automatically into the battle at Berlin. Limited Late Models, sportsmen, four cylinders also in action. Seniors, military, veterans. If you go to Berlin on Saturday, you're getting in free. Gates, 4 p.m. Racing at 6.30. By the way, uh, can I go back to Saturday at Butler? I just got this clarification while we were doing the show. Not only will the Great Lakes Super Sprints be in action, but, uh, which again, Great Lakes Super Sprints are the 360 division of sprint cars. This is normally not how this happens at Butler, but they are also going to keep the 410 sprint car division in action for Saturday night at Butler. So you're going to see 410 sprints, Great Lakes Super Sprints, street stocks and front wheel drives, Dirt Car UMP Modifieds take the night off. So you're going to get a dual-feature sprint car show at Butler, not only on uh, Saturday, but you're also going to get dual sprints on Friday 996 with uh, GLSS and GLTS. So, sorry, oh, I just wanted the, to get that clarification in. Oh, that's not going to break Danny Sam's heart, is it? <laughs> uh, not Danny Sam's, Max Stambaugh. I mean, <laughs> there's going to be a list of them that are going to pull double duty this weekend. All right, let's go back to uh, Saturday and Sunday of this weekend, UMP Modified Challenge Series each day at Merritt Speedway. $1,000 to win on Saturday, $1,500 to win on Sunday, plus $4,000 to win UMP Late Models both days as well. And you know how Mike Blackmer is. Fireworks on Sunday. They're going to be big. They're going to be pretty. And they're going to be in your face at Merritt Speedway. So it's going to be good. Racing at 630 gates at 4 o'clock. Yep, and we'll add they are having a $4,000 to win late model show at Tri-City as well on Friday. So you have options there. Three straight, $4,000. Somebody could win $12,000 this weekend, Zach, Wow. between Tri-City and Merritt. That's, wow, that's amazing. Uh, well, holy crap, let's talk about this uh, this weekend coming up. Uh, by the way, Rich, a lot of racing going on this weekend. The 4th of July does fall on a Monday, uh, and the board of directors at Horsepower Happenings got together and said, you want to work Monday? Eh, what do you think? Eh. So we all said, eh. 
<laughs> so we'll talk to you same time, same place in two weeks on Horsepower Happenings. We'll have a lot to cover and hopefully a fresh show and fresh slate of winners to talk to as well. The board needs to tell the president about this now. Um, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll send the carrier pigeon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's going to do it for tonight's episode of Horsepower Happenings. Again, huge thanks and huge caps off to Rich France, who makes this baby run. Uh, Scott Menland pays the bills, and I'm just the guy who talks a lot. Zach Heiser, thanking you so much for tuning in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.